2020, the year 2020 speaks of, 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 of vision, right? And, uh, you know, it doesn't have to be 2020 to talk about it because the Bible speaks so much about that. The Word uh, is really all about that. The Holy Spirit himself in our life is all about that. Um, he was given to us to reveal, to show us yeah. things, to lead us, to guide us, to, to take the glory of Christ and reveal it to us, show it to us. Uh, he came to, into us, became one with us to give us perfect vision of truth, of that which is truth. And Jesus said, you'll know the truth. Why? Because he would come to be in us. You'll know the truth and the truth would do what? It would make you free. Now, let's talk about crazy free here because there is a reality of this. Uh, and, and, and it comes, we want to we define it. See, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23 is a familiar verse. It says, keep your heart with all diligence or, or guard or watch your heart. Watch your heart with all diligence for out of it... Uh, are the issues of life, or other translations will say, because, because your living proceeds out of the heart. Uh, the Greek word is cardia, uh, which literally is a word that, for heart, H-E-A-R-T, but it, it, it's commonly, commonly used and, and was in, this, in the language and in the culture as the center or the core of something. And so, you know, the word would talk about that inner man of the heart or your inner, out of your innermost being, not, not the heart, the blood pumping muscle necessary, but out of your innermost being, the heart of man, the center, the core of man, out of from within this proceeds the issues of, of your living. And that's important because a lot of times what we, we, people get, have been trained to, to be natural, sensual minded. And so we we deal with these things like we've got bills and we've got, you know, we've got all these these things of life that we deal with, the issues of life. And uh, and so a lot of times we're working on them, trying to fix them. But but we see that Jesus would direct us to seek ye first the kingdom. Where do you say the kingdom was? He said the kingdom is within you. So they won't say it's over here or it's over there. You won't have to go because the kingdom is within you. He said he put that when we when we got the Holy Spirit. We got the kingdom because the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. Where? In the Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost. And, uh, and so we got that. He directed everything into that. And, of course, Proverbs speaks here and says, says out of, uh, out of the, your innermost being is where the things of life proceed from. Um, so we don't fix it from the outside and we fix it's fixed from the inside out. I, I picture, I guess, I, I picture a wagon wheel and look at that hub as the heart or the core of your being, of who you are and your your living and your life. And 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 from that center come all these other issues of life. Your 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 work, your occupation, your family, your joy, your happiness, your your money, your all the, uh, the issues of life. Um, there are things proceeding out of the heart. Now Jesus also made. Um, uh, a statement in um, Luke chapter 6, verse 45. And he said, A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, brings forth that which is good. An evil man, out of the evil treasure of his heart, brings forth that which is evil. Now, <clears throat> I'm reading from King James here. And I, I have to say this because we, we, get, we get thrown off because we predefine certain words in our mind. Uh, and that's why it's, it's really good. You don't have to have a, you know, a million study materials, but it really is good to know what some of these, these, these words mean. Now, uh, for one thing, this word um, good does, is not a word that 
has to do with, with necessarily with just moral character, but the word means, a, means well, one who is, who, who, is, who is good or well. You could say uh, whole or complete. The word evil is the word kakos. And it's one of three words that are interpreted as evil. And this is the one, it, there, there's, there's uh, excuse me, there's one called, there's one kakos that has to do with moral character. Poneros, which is this word, means ill or diseased. So it's, and so, and, and when you look it up, it says it is not the same as another word. So that we look at this word evil and because we just see the word evil, evil is kind of an evil word, right? <laughs> I mean, you see that, you don't think anything good, you know, but it's not good. But, but, but what we want to see here is we're talking about a condition. And so when you looked at it that way, he's, God sees a, a condition that was going to be fixed by him coming to us. And it wasn't just, he didn't just see us as just bad people, even if we did evil. He knew that we were broken. Jesus said, I came to fix, to heal the broken hearted. Those who center their core, their innermost being was broken. You don't see that. And, and, and God promised in the Old Testament he would do this. He said, I will, I will take that. I'll take away that hard heart, that stony heart. And I'll put a soft one in you. A fleshy heart. He said, I will, put my, I will write my, my, my laws in your heart, in your mind. So he was going to heal this, this, this broken heart. Now, think of it this way. If... If, if your innermost being is, is producing um, life, in fact, Jesus said, said in Luke chapter 6 that, that um, it's what comes, it's, uh, let me go ahead and read it. He says, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth that which is good. A man who is well. Let's, let's look at this and now let's, let's look at what Jesus is saying here. And of course, he's talking to, to people whose hearts needed to be fixed. And he was going to do a fixing. He was going to do a healing with his work on the cross. With the giving of the Holy Spirit, I'd put a new nature and make, make a new creation out of man. Yeah. But he says, but, but he's explaining so many times what needs to be done because they're thinking if I, if I work harder, if I try harder, if I keep the rules, if I keep the commandments, I'll, I'll inherit eternal life. And he says, and, and it's kind of like Jeremiah said, he said, there's no healing balm for you. <laughs> You're not going to fix it. There's nothing that you, that you can do. And so he says when a, a good man, or let's say a well man, someone who is well, not broken, not ill, not diseased in here, out of the good treasure, that treasure is abundance or wealth. When he's got wealth inside of him, he brings forth that which is good and which is well. Hmm? Remember, out of this proceed your living. And an evil man or an ill or diseased, broken, broken Hearted. When I, when I say broken heart, I don't just mean that you're sad because somebody did you wrong, even though that could be a part of it. But it's broken. It's not functioning right. So it's not producing the right things. It's producing things that, that uh, Jesus would, would mention here in this chapter. He says, he says, an evil, or let me say an ill or diseased man, out of the evil or, or, dise or excuse me, ill or diseased treasure of his heart, he brings forth that which is ill or diseased. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You, you hear that. You see that in people, right? Maybe you catch yourself sometime. And you're like, oh, that's not, you know, that's not, uh, yeah, where'd that come from? That's not and, and it came from memory. It came from, 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 uh, from the way that you have been. 
And it's not in your true identity. It's not in your true character. And you know that. And he says, and he says, for the abundance or the wealth or the overflow of the heart, it comes forth out of the mouth. That's why you notice you, you, you notice you, you start talking differently the more you realize truth. Now, then he goes on. Uh, hmm. Then, he go, then we go to, to um, Mark chapter 7. And he says, there is nothing outside of a man that entering into him defiles him. So this thing does not work from the outside in. There's something going on from the inside out. But the things which come out of Mark 7, verse, chapter 7, verse 15, excuse me. But the things which come out of him, those are those things that defile the man. If any man have ears to hear, let him hear. And then he goes on and he says, uh, in verse 20, that which comes out of the man, that's what defiles the man, because from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, sick thoughts, broken thoughts, inaccurate, darkened, decept deceived thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders. They all come from a, a core of, of, a, of, a, of a person that's not right in here. It's not fixed. Thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye. Blasphemy. You've been given the evil eye. An evil eye. Blasphemy. Pride. Stink eye, I call it, yeah. Pride. Pride. Foolishness. All of these evil, sick, diseased things come from within, and they're defiling the man. And so he's talking to people that think, you know, if I, and, and before this, the conversation was, well, why didn't you guys wash before dinner? Got to be clean on the outside. And then he talks a lot. And this along this conversation, he talked, he said a lot of things. He says, he says, you guys, he says, you guys are always, always watching the outside of the plate and the outside of the cup. He says this whole thing. You guys are that's what all you guys are doing with all your rule keeping, with all of your your rituals and all these 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 things that you're doing. These, uh, he, he says you're, you're 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 busy with the outside of the cup. And he says, but the inside's got to be made clean. Got to be made clean. Now, my point is this. Most people will go with this and then they'll start telling us that telling us that we're supposed to try to get a clean heart, that we're supposed to pray for a clean heart, that we're supposed to work on getting ourselves a clean heart. Um, uh, that's not my message here tonight. I've got good news for you. If you're in Christ, if you believed in him, you've got a clean heart. I'll prove it to you in the word if you don't know it. We have been sanctified. Our hearts have been sprinkled with the blood of Christ. They has been purified. We have a clean heart. Now, Jesus said, you'll know the truth. Now, remember, Second uh, Peter said this, and I, I would love to read these scriptures, but I got a mouthful to say, so I'm, okay. I'm going to cut it from four hours down to three, if that's okay tonight. <laughs> I love that nervous laugh when I say that. I'm not really going to do that. <laughs> but, but in Second Peter chapter 1, he says, if you see yourself lacking in these things, faith, virtue, patience, brotherly love, self-control, those, all those things. If you see yourself lacking, he says, it's because you're blinded. He says he cannot see far off or he's nearsighted and he cannot see. And he has forgotten or he is not acknowledging that he has been purged. He has been purged. He has been purged from his sins. I run into so many Christians that want to get purged from their sin. 
Why? Because their outer rim of their wagon wheel is showing some of those things, and they're wanting to wash that outer rim of the wagon wheel. Get this, get, help me get rid of this. Rick, pray for me that I get rid of this. The best thing I can do is pray, pray what Paul prayed. He said, I pray that the eyes of your understanding be open so you can know the hope of his calling and what is the greatness of this inheritance that he's given to you. This new creation, this him in Christ in you, the Holy Spirit, that he has put his ways and he has given you a clean heart, a, a, a pure heart. You say, well, how come we're Christians and we don't know it? Uh, honestly, uh, two things. Number one, it starts from the core, so your mind and your knowledge of this has to grow in it. So there's still memories, but number two, and, 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 and I hate to say this, because it, it doesn't happen all the time everywhere, but it's happened too much in the body of Christ. It happened in my life, and it, and it derailed me, honestly, for a while. Um, not completely. There have always been many good things that God has done, and I've learned and grown in in all the churches I've been and, and everything. You know, um, but, but one thing I came to realize after a while was that much of the teaching was directing me in a way that didn't, it agreed more with the serpent that if I would do certain things, I would be more godly. Then I would be godlike. And it, and, it, and it didn't tell me. It might give a little nod to it every once in a while that we're complete in him or whatever, but it didn't seem like it meant that much. But it didn't direct me to the perfection in Christ and the, and the power of that finished work and how glorious he is in my life now and how glorious that work of his is in my life. It seemed like it was something that was done. It was wonderful and it's good and it punched my ticket to heaven, but the rest is on me and maybe if I pray hard enough, God will even help me sometimes. And something happened to me, and I, I know I mentioned this a lot, but this is big and this is why I carry what I do. I carry this, this, this one message, if you will, in as many different ways and buckets that I can. But... There came a point where I talk about laying on that floor when my vision cleared up. 2020. <laughs> Remember the old Barbara Walters. This is 2020. <laughs> she couldn't say it. <laughs> she didn't say it nearly as clear as I did, right? But anyway, she, we would. No, you guys are talking about Baba Wawa. That's somebody different. <laughs> But after years, I talk, you know, I, I mentioned a lot. But anyway, I'm laying there and I say, God, I, I don't have any more to give. And the Holy Spirit was allowed finally by me <laughs> to do what he came to do in me. The one who loves me, my best friend, my comforter, my helper, my guide, hmm, was able to show me truth. I said, Father. I quit. And, you know, I didn't quit God. I wasn't quitting. I just, I, you know, I didn't have anything else. I had washed the outside of the cup over and over and over and over. I had been climbing the mountain. You know, all of that. I've, I've, been, I've been pressing through the veil to get into the Holy of Holies and couldn't, if I ever did experience anything, I couldn't stay there as long as I wanted to. And uh, my conscience never seemed to be purged. And I said... I quit. I said, good, are you done now? And I tell you, I laid on the floor in a spot just like that in front of the podium in my church. 
and not with my physical eyes. I see, didn't see anything. I didn't see clouds coming. I didn't see anything with my physical eyes, but in the core of my being, with my spirit, with my faith, I knew, I saw that everything that I was trying to become, I was. That everything I was trying to get from God, the, cha the blessing, the favor, the anointing, the, tr uh, the, the everything, more of him. Everything, as I laid right there prone, helpless, and totally weak, and had given up, I saw that I had every... That just came from vision. Without a vision, I was still perishing <laughs> in that sense, you know, losing. Incomplete, satisfied, my heart still condemning me because of deception, because I was a new creation. I didn't know that. It wasn't told to me that strongly. It wasn't repeated to me. I wasn't, hadn't been taught that. I wasn't teaching it. But, but God, the Holy Spirit, taught me when I laid on that floor. Son, you are complete in me. And I am with you and I'm never going anywhere else. I'm with you. And rest and peace came upon me. And I didn't help this thing one bit. I did nothing. I, I, and listen, you, I hope he that has ears to hear, get this part. It was just like this, other, this lady in the Bible who's out there in the desert. And her and her boy been out there long enough. There's no other hope left and they're going to die. Now, you got to read between the lines. But remember, she was a mother, a mama. They didn't just leave Abraham's house and say, boy, it's hot out here. Here, I'm just going to leave you here to die. They did, it didn't happen. They were starving. I mean, they were dying of thirst. And I don't think mama didn't try nothing. I think she, she probably dug for water, cut cactus, did whatever she could to try to find water, at least for her little boy. I don't know how little he was, but her son. And he... And she loved him so much and it hurt her so much that there was no hope left. When she, there was nothing else to do, when there was no hope left, she tried everything and couldn't get water to save her or her boy. And her boy's going to die first, it looks like. She goes and carries him and sets him into a little shade and says, I can't watch this. He's dying right here in front of my eyes and I can't stand to watch it. So she walks away. And she sat down and the Bible says that God opened her eyes and she saw something that was there the whole time she got vision her eyes cleared up and she saw a well of water and you know how she saw that well of water she didn't do it by being strong and persevering she had given up I didn't I, I, I didn't get my vision it was a it came and, and for 20 years, I worked and I fasted and I prayed and prayed and still couldn't see this. Was never complete. Heart still condemning me. Now, now I, I want to give you the right picture. It's not that I wasn't blessed in a lot of ways. It's not that I didn't enjoy the Lord in so many ways. You know, we, this is much better than not being saved. I don't care at our worst. It's still better. <laughs> huh? I was still glad. I wasn't going back. That's for sure. Yeah. 
I mean, I've been blessed in a lot of ways, you know, still, but, but you know what I'm talking about in your heart. You're still, you're still looking for more. You're still on a journey. You're not quite joyful. You're not got quite healed. You're not quite blessed. You're, you're, you're still trying to get favor. You still, you still struggle with some, some doubt and you hope God will come through and you, you're trying to f- muster up enough faith and belief and, and devotion to God sometimes. And you're just, you know, you're, you feel like you're at so much mercy still to the elements of the world and the emotions of your soul. And I didn't want to be under that. And my eyes opened. And I didn't do anything to open them. I didn't open my eyes. God did. Well, I want that, Rick. Tell me what you did. I quit. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> I quit. Jesus came along carrying everything. He carrying fullness in. He says, hey, if anybody's thirsty. Huh? Woman at the well. Hey, if you knew the gift of God, you'd ask me, I'll give you water. I got water. I'm carrying something here. The last day, the great day of the feast, there they are doing their ritualistic thing, trying to do something so God will give them rain and water for the year. And Jesus says, hey, if anybody wants water, I got it. And there were some that believed on him, but we see that there were a lot that just didn't. They resisted him. Huh? Mostly we think of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and they, they're like, no, we don't, we, don't, we, don't, we don't believe that, Jesus. We're not going for that. And he'd say, but if you knew, but if, if you believed on him, if you would just believe, he says, if you, you know, believe on me and, and, and do my commandments. What is the commandment? Believe. <laughs> no, we're not going to do that. We're going to do all these other things. See, their problem was they wouldn't quit. They kept going in the old wineskin. Hmm? The new wine skin's a new heart. And so Jesus said, you can't, you, you can't carry this thing. Even the things that I'm saying, you've got to have a new heart. <laughs> yep. That's why on the day of Pentecost, he gave the new heart. And it's been here ever since to whosoever will. And Rick Manis, when I laid there, God didn't give me a new heart that day. I saw a new heart that I had had for a long time. And I didn't even know it. We see examples of this. Jacob waking up and said, this is none other. How awesome is this place? This is none other but the house of God and the gate of heaven. And I didn't even know it. I didn't even know it. What happened? He saw. Hmm? It's all about vision. It's not about God doing something he hasn't done. I'll tell you something. God's done it. When I saw that, here's, here's, here's what I realized. And I've been, I've been living in it, growing in it. That's the good thing is I got a lot of growing to do. But, but like we were talking, Judy and I were talking today. It's not like, see, we're here. We're on this property here. Hmm? And you can walk around here and you're not trying to get to this property. You're here. But you can walk around and you can point out. You can see trees that you haven't seen and you can point out things. And you say, you know, I never knew it was so pretty from this angle. And look at, look at that sunset there. And, look, and you, can, you're gonna, you can continue to marvel and to learn of this whole thing. But you're already here. You're not trying to get here. That's the difference. And so, and, 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 and when, when I saw that, it was, it, my eyes opened up and it ch- began to change everything because from that time, I did not, I never again had a core belief that I was not complete and perfect and entire because that day I began to see it. And seeing in the spirit is believing. 
Seeing in the natural isn't always. That kind of seeing, you know, that's the kind that when we talk about blind faith, we're talking about not seeing it with these eyes sometimes, but believing anyway. But in the spirit, it's not blind. In the spirit, you see it, you know it, you perceive it. It becomes real to you. It becomes, listen to this, it becomes a part of the core, not only of what you believe, but of who you are. And if I were to ask you right now, and if you would just be, be honest within yourself and ask you, who are you really as, a, as an identity? And I know we, we know enough teaching where we could give the religiously correct answer. Everybody does. Everybody gives me that. But when you hear them talk, you can see not that they have a bad, not that they have a bad heart, but they think they do. So they're operating from that identity. You've been given a clean heart. So you always have. So it's not you don't even have to say God created me a clean heart. If you believed and received him, you've got it. Peter called it being perfect and entire, lacking nothing. Who are you? Who are you? Are you someone who's. Do you honestly feel. Like you're a thirsty soul needing water. Or can you see truth that says, I've got a, I've just got this spring that doesn't quit. I have a wealth of life that just keeps coming. And no matter what this world brings, because this world has difficulty for me and you and all of us at times. He said, be of good cheer. I've overcome that. How do you overcome that? By putting the greater himself, the greater one in us, changing who we are. Huh? Do you ever feel like God is out there somewhere or far away? Or do you wonder how close he is? You feel like you got to try to get, get near to him or is the core of your person, someone who's become into oneness with him who loved you and gave himself for you and who is love and who knows you and loves you and has your bed and he has everything. I saw a commercial the other, I mean not commercial, a a comic strip cartoon. And it's got the scarecrow, the tin man, the lion, and Dorothy. You ever seen this sitting around eating ice ice cream cones? (laughs) And Dorothy's going, oh, and the lion's going, oh, and the tin man's going, oh, and the scarecrow's going. (laughs) Because he didn't have a brain. And I love that whole story because we find out that he really did have a brain. He just didn't think he did. Same way with the heart and the the courage and everything else. They found out that they really had it the whole time, but they were deceived. Jesus said in Luke chapter 4, verse 18, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. What's the gospel? Good Good news, right? He's anointed me to preach good news. Now, here's bad news. Bad news is God's got a high standard and he expects you to live up to it. Boom. Hmm. Bad news is, yeah, God saved you. You got that free. The rest you pay for. Let's go straight to the good news. Good news is Jesus did everything. 
his work more, more than covered everything that, that, that pertains to your life or your or, or godliness or anything, that what he did on the cross and who he is in your life is much bigger than any of us have given him credit for. And that good news is that when, when he did this thing and imparted life to us, we did not help. He did all of it. We didn't have to help. In fact, he made a new covenant in order to take us out of the way because the old covenant was between man and him and man kept messing up the covenant. So he says, I'm going to make a new covenant with you. And essentially, he says, I'm going to take you out of the way of this. I'm going to make it on your behalf, but I'm going to make it with myself here. And so you're not going to be able to hurt this covenant at all. It's going to work <laughs> for you. You're not going to help do it. I'm going to do it all, but you're going to benefit from it. I'm going to give you my life through this thing. Amen. I am going to take care of it all. I am going to make you holy. I will not demand that you live up to a standard of holiness. I'm going to create and make you holy. I'm going to perfect you once forever. We'll read that. I'm going to do all that. You see all that? What's going on here? Maybe, maybe some vision is clarifying here. Maybe it's clearing up a little bit. And what this does is it gives you a clear identity in the core of who you are. Because when you have a clear vision or clear identity of who you are at the center of who your, your existence, your identity, when you, when you have a clear identity, it proceeds into wonderful things of life. Joy, love, abundant living. Where are, are you in life? Do you define abundance by the outer trappings of physical things in life? Or at the core of your being, do you wake up feeling so wealthy? That's right. Huh? Hmm? I go to my desk and there's times my bills stack higher than my money. But, but, but I can't remember when I have felt broke or poor in the core of my being. I've always felt wealthy since I saw the completion. Now, when I didn't see that before, it was up to me to try to get it. I'd read this book and he'd say, oh, here he talks about favor. And what I would do, I'd go to the Old Testament to try to figure out how to get favor. Jesus came, he came to proclaim the favor of God. To give us favor. Well, yeah, but don't you act a certain way? From the inside out, you act according to identity. And that means you're not thinking about it. You're not trying to be it. You're just, you just are. And in fact, if it's anything like my experience, you get surprised by some of the ways you act. And it's like, wow, I didn't used to act like that. That's really good. I like that. Psalms 120 says, Psalms 112 says, says this generation to come says he'll not be, he'll, he'll not be moved or, 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 or frightened at bad tidings. His heart is fixed because he shall be established. It's simple truth. I got good news for you. You ain't trying to be nothing. You ain't trying to get anything. I got good news. It's all laid out right here. Lift up thine eyes and see. Behold, everything is made new. Oh, this is good stuff. Second Corinthians five is where that's from. He said, he says, he says, henceforth, we know no man after the flesh. Whew. See, this is what got me into trouble. Some of the preachers I was into, they knew everybody after the flesh. Fix it, clean it up, get it right. The preaching wouldn't, wouldn't make me look at the core of who I really was in Christ. It made me look at what I was doing wrong. Amen. Huh? And they'd pick out some things in here and it made it look like 
I was supposed to fix it or else God would be mad. I didn't want God to be mad. I like God. I wanted him to like me. <laughs> I wanted some favor in my life. You know, I needed favor. Sometimes I got to go talk to the banker. Sometimes I had to go, you know, go get an interview. Sometimes I needed some favor in my life. I needed somebody, to, you know, <laughs> like me. <laughs> I needed favor. <laughs> I'm trying. I needed blessing, I thought. I haven't felt like I've needed a blessing. Vision. All it is is vision. And you know what? It's just a gaze away. It's right there. It's not on a mountaintop anywhere. It's not in some high mystic spirituality, whatever that means. It's right where you're at. Just right there. It's just, it just is, and it is just Truth, that is all it is. Just truth. He's anointed me to preach good news to the poor. See, this will, this will make you so crazy free. You, you can really start to scare even Christians with this. I mean, this is so crazy free. They, I mean, they won't know what to do with you, just like they didn't know what to do with Jesus. You want to see a crazy free man? Look at Jesus. No, everybody thought he, 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 he was Christ. They didn't even think he was a good Jew, let alone a Messiah, a Christ. Well, there's one that bears witness of me. He knew. He knew. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Those who've erred in their hearts. Whose hearts were not functioning right. Out of their hearts was coming fear. Doubts, lusts, desires because the heart wasn't fulfilled. It was diseased. It was broken ever since the fall of man. And that whole thing with the fall of man, somebody mentioned the other day that they thought that, the, that, that, that those two trees in the garden was a test of God. And God was testing man and man failed the test. So therefore he got the punishment of that, that failure. No, no, no. It was an invitation to life. It was like, here you go. And we, it's, everybody still has that before them. It was an invitation to life. That tree of life was, 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 was the rest. And they, were, they could freely eat of it, but they did not. They could freely eat. It's just, just life. In this thing, there were, no, there were no demands. There were no jumping through hoops. There were not anything that you had to do to get this. You just had to receive it. It was an invitation for God's life. Well, we were going to get that anyway. <laughs> Years later, God said, I'm going to make sure they get it. <laughs> Jesus said, I came that you would have that life. And have it in abundance. Have a wealth of it. He sent me to heal. Those malfunctioning hearts. To preach deliverance to the captives. And the recovery of sight to the blind. Do you see? To set at liberty. Those who are hurt. To those who are bruised. Look at... Um, Hebrews 10. Now Hebrews 13.9, while you're turning to Hebrews 10, Hebrews 13.9 says, It is a good thing that the heart be established with grace. Because really what grace says, this is, this is all it is. 
it's become kind of a weird thing. I don't even really like saying preach a gospel of grace. Or, I mean, it's just it's becoming so used where it's almost like it's, a, it's become a fringe thing when it shouldn't. It's the gospel. And it's, and it's, and it's, and, and it's, it says it's a good thing that your heart be established with grace because all grace says is that it's all on God. God took it all upon him and none of it on you. That's grace. That means you don't help with this. We receive. See, anything that says, John, First uh, John 3 says, if our heart condemn us, God's greater than our heart and knows all things. But if our heart condemn us not, we have confidence toward God. See, that's a, that's a heart being, being that, that, that has been healed and someone that knows the truth about who they are. You have confidence to God. Your heart does not condemn you. So if I were to ask people, who are you at the core of your being? Are you, if I were to say, if, since the Bible says he has made us perfect and entire lacking nothing, if I were to say, are you perfect right now? And go beyond the, 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 the religious, well, yeah, the Bible says, no. You, do you really believe right now today, this moment, that you are absolutely, absolutely perfect? Well, in God's eyes, but uh, see, that's, that's deception. That's not seeing truth. That's taking you off of the truth because you haven't seen how big and powerful the work of the cross and the giving of the spirit really has been to us. Open the eyes of our hearts, Lord. Do you believe greater is he that's with us, that's in us? The prophet's assistant says, ah, we're going to die. And he says, open his eyes. That's all I said, just open his eyes because it was already there. <coughs> open his eyes, just see. My bills are stacked higher than my money. I just look. I just, I, and it's, you get to where it's just, it's the core of who you are. You can't help it. You just do it. We joke about it. I call it my superpower. I just see the good. You can't help it. I just, I got open vision. I just, it's just too much good. It's all around. But this world is hard. What are you? Are you in denial? Are you, what's going on here? No, but I'm seeing everything. Yeah, there's a lot of wickedness. Yeah, there's a lot of ugly. Yeah, we all know that. You don't have to be a prophet to see that. <laughs> but that's not the whole picture. Look at all the heaven that's been given to your life. You're set forever. You're going to outlive all these little, these little sens sensual, earthly things that are going on. 2020 vision and the spirit is what fixes, is what, I don't, I gotta say this right because the truth is, in 2 Corinthians 5 says, we know no man after the flesh because if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. You're not that old heart needing to get cleaned up. You're a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, look, everything has become new. That's what happened when I laid on that floor. I saw everything was new. And out of that reality, that truth, that, out of that began to proceed issues of life. It changed how I acted. It changed, oh, thank you, Father. Truth did that. Just, 
Just boom, truth did that. It changed so many of these things around me. Changed my love walk. Changed my impatience to patience. I had all these things on the outside of my life. Just, I was too impatient. I was too, you know, we, all the things that we've struggled with. They began to mend with that knowledge, that truth. And I saw it. I could do nothing, but it was there. It was real. I could do nothing but acknowledge it. It is done. I got up off of that floor feeling so light. And I went there to quit that day. I went there to quit. And I didn't know what, it, I honestly did not know what it meant, but I was being as honest with God as I could. And all I knew is I quit because there was nothing else I tried. I wasn't quitting God. I wasn't anything, but I was going to, I was quitting trying to get any of this stuff because it was futile. I didn't know that I'd be standing up with vision like I never had before, with joy and peace like I had never experienced in my life. And I've been walking it and watching it play out and preaching it. And it just keeps, you keep seeing more. It just gets it better and better. That's why I say thank God for growth. We all need to grow, sure. Like, that's a good thing. That means it, it, it just gets even better and better. I haven't figured out how to stop all the problems in life. But I do, do know what it's like to live big in the midst of these things. I do know what it's like to feel assured and peaceful and confident and joyful in the middle of these things. It's amazing how big you feel and you don't get there by climbing a mountain. I honestly didn't get it by flexing spiritual muscles. I just saw the strength of him who did it all. Am I making any sense to you? Are, you, is, are things coming into focus a little bit here? Look at Hebrews chapter 10, verse 14. For by one offering, he has done what? Perfected. No, wait a minute. I thought God wants us to be perfect. I thought, he was, I thought it's our responsibility to try to become perfect for Jesus. Be ye holy as he's holy. Be ye perfect as I am perfect, says the Lord. Aren't we supposed to, aren't we not perfect until we act like Jesus? Read it this way. Be perfect. Well, I'm trying, no, be perfect. Well, I want to be, no, <laughs> quit wanting to be. Be. <laughs> well, how does that act? I didn't tell you to act. <laughs> be. Let me see if I can do this better. I got I saw a couple of little knotted brows there. <laughs> be what you are. Be in the spirit of your mind. Acknowledge perfection. For he has perfected forever. He didn't do what some preachers told me. He perfected me on that first day, but then I started making mistakes after I got saved. Now I got imperfect again. That one day, when I got my slate cleaned, I was perfect for about five minutes. 
No, he perfected you and me forever. Still, just I'm not even I'm not more perfect now than I was back then. Neither are you. He perfected us once forever. Once forever. Perfect. I don't get. Yeah, because you're looking out here. You're thinking out here. Look at reality. Who are you in the core of your being? Are you perfect? And when you can see truth, truth acknowledges him and what he has done. Remember Jesus said, when that spirit of truth comes, spirit of truth, truth, he will not lie. The spirit of truth comes, he will glorify me. He will not glorify you. He will not say, boy, you're getting stronger all the time. You're getting better. You're getting more holy all the time. You're getting more perfect all the time. He will glorify me. We will stand in awe and say, wow, what has God wrought? He made this thing perfect. But I don't act. This thing ain't got nothing to do with flesh. This, is, this has got everything to do with truth, reality, spirit, kingdom. <laughs> That's why Paul said this, this thing is new. This thing's about the spirit. This ain't about your flesh. This ain't about your religious performance. This ain't about that. He said, he said, we don't know anybody after the flesh. So if I say, are you perfect? And you say, well, yeah, but I act. I don't know you that way. And you don't know you that way. You got no business knowing you after the flesh. Because if you try to know yourself after, if you keep knowing yourself after the flesh, then, you're not, then you'll, be, you'll be misguided from who you are at the core of your new creation. Perfect heart. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. If you try to be holy, you'll always live and act like someone who's trying to be holy but never getting there. If you think you're holy, you'll live holy and you'll be surprised by what holy means. What holy means is you'll find yourself experiencing, receiving, and starting to flow out an absolute love. And it'll surprise you. It might change some of your things that you thought were so that just ain't so. Even theologically. But it'll be God. You'll know God because you'll know truth. You'll know Him. You'll see Him and you'll enjoy Him. And you... Sometimes people, there's questions we were talking about some today. There's questions I don't know, especially sometimes trying to reconcile some of this Old Testament God and stuff. You know, that I can give you some answers, but honestly, it's a little hard for me. But all I say is, I can tell you, you know, I don't know everything about that, but I've never known God that way in my life. I've never known that harshness that you point out. I have never felt that in from God. I've never experienced that. I've experienced absolute grace, love, patience. I've never seen him flare and blow fire out of his nostrils because of anything I've done, and I've done a lot, even as a Christian. He's always been better than I thought he was. You see, when we don't know our identity, we try to be something, another identity, and that thereby we're acknowledging a wrong identity. And, the, and we read the Bible wrong because the Holy Spirit will glorify Him. But if we're not seeing truth, we'll read that Bible and we'll glorify all the people in the Bible. 
We'll glorify Moses for what he did and try to be like Moses. We'll glorify the prodigal son for what he did and try to be like him. They always taught me the message, the, the great message, the prodigal son. Look what the prodigal son did. Yeah, he was with the pig. But you know what? He pulled himself up by his bootstraps. I mean, he, he turned and he, he got himself up out of there. And that's what you need to do. Get yourself out of there like the prodigal son. Turn around and go back to, fa to the father's house. Go back and serve him. And they make the prodigal son the big hero there because he did the right thing. The hero was his daddy. The hero was his daddy because his daddy had never stopped loving him. And his daddy was someone that the prodigal son did not understand. He did not know how good his daddy was. And it wasn't until his daddy started lavishing goodness upon him was the point where repentance happened. That's where the prodigal son vision changed. And he's like, oh. Remember, the prodigal son says, I'm going to go back and be a, be a servant because I am not worthy to live in my father's house. Diseased identity, core of his being, was operating out of that. That's why he made all the decisions he did. Because out of that diseased core of who he was, in his eyes, he lived out of that. And it was out of that, still out of that diseased de desperation. It wasn't that his heart got right then. He was desperate. He was, he was just wanting something to eat. Someplace better to sleep than a pigsty. It wasn't repentance, as, even as we know it. But he was going back to be a worker. But when he saw how his father was, that's when he changed. That's when he saw it different. And that's when he began to enjoy the father. I can see him. The daddy's putting the robe on him. And he's like, but I'm not worthy. But, but here, here's, have this. Here's the ring. Put that. Here's our guest of honor. Our boy's home. Yay! And they're treating him like a hero. And it looks like pretty soon he starts accepting it. And like, hey, I'm home. <laughs> okay, Ready? For by one offering he perfected forever those that are sanctified. Verse 15. Whereof the Holy Ghost is the, wit is the witness to us. For after that he said before, this is the covenant I will make with them after those days, says the Lord. I'll put my laws in their hearts and in my minds will I write them a new heart. Show me your ways. Acknowledge him in all your ways. At the core of your being, who are you? Are you seeking God or are you one with God? At the core of your being. I'm talking, please. And what I'm talking about tonight, this takes the Holy Spirit to show us something here because if, if not, then it just becomes mental information that we have. Yes, I'm one with God. People going around, hey, hey, I'm one with God. But they ain't feeling it. I'm not talking about trying to talk yourself into it even. I'm talking about something that, that that's the Spirit can do with you tonight where your eyes open up. And you just, you know it, right? You know it. And because of that, it, he starts to change everything in you. It's all over the Bible. Second Corinthians three, we behold the glory. That's what I did right there. What did it look like? Was it a bright light? No, it was goodness. It glor he glorified Christ. 
and I saw his goodness and I stood in awe. I've seen the bright lights before. I've seen the fire in the services, glittered, all of that stuff. This was way past that. I saw that he was better than I thought he was. That's when this prodigal started to enjoy daddy's house. Verse 17, their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Please don't let anybody ever, 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 oh child of God, oh new creation, oh one with Jesus Christ, heir of God the Father, loved by God, don't let anybody, no preacher or any angel or anything, try to make your sin your issue. Jesus is your issue. Verse 18, now where there is remission of sin, there is no more offering for sin. Nothing you, nothing you could do about it, but nothing you have to do about it. Verse 19, having therefore, brothers, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new way, by a living way, mm. which he has consecrated, dedicated, inaugurated for us. Through the veil that is to say his flesh and having a high priest over the house of God, let's draw near, watch this, with a true, true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience, conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. What I'm telling you right now, this is what has happened to you. This is truth. If you had trouble believing it, if you have trouble feeling like that was truth, it was simply because there was deception that told us a lie. See, if it's a lie, then that doesn't mean that you have an evil heart that you're trying to get better. Because that's a lie. You have a pure heart. Hmm? See, when someone, if, if I were to tell you, you've got, a, you've got an evil heart and God wants to help you make your evil heart a good heart. If that were truth then none of this new creation thing worked. Then you, weren't, then you weren't purged. Then you weren't cleansed. Then you weren't made, given a perfect heart. So the truth can never be that, that you're a dirty dog trying to get better. The truth has to be that you've been made holy, perfected. Now, what the Spirit does with this now is it because it makes it a reality to where it's not just a pretty little thing. The reality gets really big to where you start becoming aware now. You see, if you can see this, you'll find yourself starting to become more aware of eternity and the bigness of the kingdom and the bigness of life and the bigness of who you are in Him in all of this stuff. And that's why Paul would say things like... I can be a, I can, I can, I can abound or I can be a base. I can have a lot or I can have a little. It's all the same to me. My life is who I am in Him. I am who I am by the grace of God. Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. We are in and outwardly clean. The inside made your whole life clean. I scrubbed for 20 years as a Christian. 
I haven't picked up a bar of soap since in the spirit. I had to say in the spirit because somebody would say, yeah, I know. <laughs> hmm? Well, don't just wash my feet. Wash all of me. You're clean through the word that I spoke and the truth that I spoke. He that is clean doesn't need a bath. I don't know. I don't, but if you think that, if you just think that you're perfect and, and, and you've, already, you've got it all in him, then, then, then you don't, won't even have to think about God anymore. You won't be able to help it. <laughs> you're going to wonder, why am I saying, God, I love you? Oh, God, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Why? Because you're seeing reality. And nobody has to command you to praise God. Nobody has to demand you. Now, come on, guys. You yelled at the football game. Get up and give God some noise. Nobody will ever have to tell you that. Because <laughs> you'll be worshiping in spirit and in truth. It'll be beautiful. First, let's stand up. <laughs> Pretty good stuff. Truth. He said, you'll know the truth. He said, it's the truth. It's just the truth that'll make you free. He didn't say if you become some super spiritual mystical gumbo that you're going to become free. <laughs> Gumball, Goomba, Dumbo, I don't know. Anything. He said, you'll know the truth. Why? Because the truth will be already done for you. Who you the truth will be who you are. And you see it. <laughs> oh, Father, I love you and I thank you for... I just, uh, I thank you for heavenly vision. I thank you for causing us to see what we never could have known, never could have seen. First, I thank you for doing what you did. But you didn't stop and leave us on our own. You came to reveal us who you are. You came to show us. You came to open our eyes. You gave us the spirit so we can know the things that were freely, freely, freely given to us. And we cannot help it tonight. We're just grateful. We can't help it. We can't help but be in awe. We can't help. Sometimes our brain is saying, wow, that's, that's, that's too big. <laughs> it's too good. But I thank you, Father, for that great generosity that we can rely on, trust in, and enjoy. Tonight, in all our acknowledging, we acknowledge you. We worship and thank you and praise you for finishing what we could never even start. We thank you for your unspeakable gift in the wonderful name of our Lord, our Savior, who loved us, who died and completed this thing for us. Thank you a thousand times. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.